Welcome to another episode of VLGA Connect, and it is my pleasure to welcome to the program the Emergency Management Commissioner, Andrew Crisp. Hello and welcome. Hi, Chris. Good to join you. Thank you for agreeing to speak with us. I can only imagine what a busy time it is for you at the moment. Just give us, give us a sense of what a typical day is like for you right now. A typical day, that's a, that's, a, that's a good question. I guess it's a, sort of a start around about um, seven o'clock and then I try and get away sort of seven or eight o'clock but then invariably there's some other phone calls and bits and pieces that need to be done. So it's, um, yeah, look, but I'm no different to a lot of people at the moment and uh, a lot of people, you know, this is, as we know, it's a challenging time. You know, I, I have said, spent some time, I guess, out on the street when, when uh, I don't like using the term, but when the public housing towers were locked down. So, but I'm not really on the front line. So my thoughts are very much with health workers and police and ambulance officers and others that are, that are out there, you know, face to face confronting it. So uh, yeah, yeah I've, I've got a role to play as we all do, but um, yeah, my thoughts are definitely with them. You're in the office, Andrew. It's not a role that you can typically work from home, I guess, is it? No, you're right. And it's, um, you know, um, I've tried, I've tried to have the odd day working from home. And, it, and it's funny, I've, I've sort of discussed this with some other people that um, when I go to ring someone, I actually feel guilty, even though I want to know something or I want to discuss something with someone. Whereas, you know, if I'm in the state control centre where I am now, it's just about popping around having a chat with someone, obviously yeah. distancing with my mask on that I, I do have here. Um, to make sure we do the right thing. But yes, yeah, working from home in, in terms of this just doesn't work. So our audience, as you're aware, is primarily local government. I wonder if you have any reflections on the role of local government, particularly at this time, and how it intersects with your role as Emergency Management Commissioner. Mm. Yeah, look, you know, going back to my policing career, I've had a, you know, a long, I'd, I'd like to think, a very positive relationship with, with local government in the various areas that, that, that I've worked. And, um, and I've definitely taken that in, into this particular role. And um, I think what's important during emergencies and during this particular emergency is to um, you know, not throw the, that, that term, the baby out with the bathwater. It's about sticking with what we know works in emergencies. And as we know, local government plays a critical role when it comes to emergencies, you know, um, well-practiced, uh, well-structured with municipal emergency management plans, um, you know, some, some very, very experienced people when it comes to emergencies, albeit that might be fire, flood or, or other emergencies. But again, you know, that's equally applicable in terms of what we're doing at the moment with COVID. So it, for me, it's very much about... Um, what more can we at a state level do to support local government because of the critical role that local government has been and will continue to play, I'd suggest for, for some time yet in relation to COVID. So yeah, very, very keen on seeing how, how much more we can do around that. I guess it's a challenge for a lot of people to understand who does what in these sorts of circumstances. You mentioned municipal emergency plans, et cetera, and the different roles that come into play. Um, does that matter, do you think? Um, and, and, and is it an issue that perhaps lines of responsibility can get a bit blurred around these sorts of emergency situations? They, 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 they can. I guess that point I made about it's, it's important to stick with what we know works, but at the same time, depending on the circumstances and the emergency, you might have to adapt. You might have to be flexible in the right in the way that you actually do your business. And and we did that during the fires. You know, the, the recent fires, when um, given the scale and the complexity of what we were faced, particularly with isolated communities, that we we had to adopt a very different approach. You know, particularly with working with the ADF around that sort of that um, 
relief, immediate recovery piece. So, yeah, so we do need to be flexible. But, but again, you, you know, I think our state does the emergency management thing very, very well. You know, our arrangements um, do stand up in emergencies. And, you know, I spend a lot of time looking at, you know, the SHIRT, the State Health Emergency Response Plan, because that's, that's the plan for them in, in relation to emergencies. And we've had to sort of fine tune some of that, but it's, you know, we're still working to the same model. We still, you know, we still have a, a state, state controller. We still have a state coordina coordination team, state control team, state emergency management team. So we're still working through those, those structures that, that we all know. And particularly at the moment when it comes to what we're seeing with regional outbreaks. So um, that's whether that's Colac or Castlemaine. Um, so what we've, what we've had to do is DHHS is the control agency. So taking the lead, but we've, we've come in to support them with our our traditional incident management teams, our emergency management structure, but local government very, very much um, part of that. So early days, you know, we, we flagged, um, you know, for the regional emergency coordination committees, um, you know, you need, to be, you need to be ready. Anything about the model you'd change if you were designing it from scratch, do you think, to make it work more effectively? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, Maybe there'll be an inquiry or two coming coming out of this, um, but but no, it, it, in the main it, it's worked. And but that's not to say that we can't look at how we uh, change things. E even at the moment, we've had some discussion about the state control team and and the state controller, and we've well we're moving to a model now. We're actually going to escalate the representation on the state control team to involve um, sec secretaries of all the departments. So we've never done that that previously. Um, it normally states, you know, sits with a sort of, you know, fairly senior person, a functional lead. But given the way that this is, you know, obviously impacting on on all of the public service and therefore the community, so hmm. so we've we've been a little bit more flexible in relation to our existing arrangements, but um, looking at how we better involve secretaries in in the decision making process. Andrew, we've seen a lot of mayors around the state in the media in recent weeks um, presenting local perspectives on issues, cross-border issues, lockdown issues, um, outbreak issues, etc. What's your take on how the elected reps are performing at this time? I think they always do a great job. <laughs> look, you know, I always say anyone that puts up their hand to take on a, a local government, a council role, and then, then to become a mayor, I say good on you, you know. Um, I've never done it, but I've had sort of, I guess, a lot of interaction with those that have taken on those roles. And, uh, you know, as you know, it's not, it's not easy. So I guess my, my starting point when I talk to the mayors or the elected officials is, is, is as I do within our own sector, it's about look after yourselves, um, you know, because you, you are taking on a lot of responsibility. You know that when you, you sign up for the job, but it's not until you get thrown into the middle of an emergency that you realise that you will realise the actual the impact that it has on you, and again I've seen that in fires over the last couple of years, and you know, um, you know, some some mayors where you can tell that you know they they are not struggling, it's not well they're struggling, yeah the the mm. psychological and the physical impact all the work they were doing was having on on them and, and their families, and you know I take my hat off to them, but you know it is that piece about you collectively, if you are one of those elected officials looking at this, you, you've got to look after your health, yourself. And it's about then what, what support, you know, local government and, and others. Um, and I've offered myself, um, previously in relation to fires, what more can we do, do to support you when you take on those roles? Because I guess you sign up for it, but you don't necessarily sign up for yeah. what we're going yeah. through at the moment.
I guess my, my sense is that they've been striking the right, the right tone and not being overly reactionary, but being really supportive of processes that are in place. So I, was, I, I guess I was really looking for you to sort of support yeah. that view that I've sensed. That, that bit is really, really important. And that's what I've noticed also, because, you know, we, you know, love them or hate them, the media will take a particular position in relation to a particular issue. But again, you know, that's what, you know, we're all about is keeping everyone calm. And that's what I, I've seen mayors do. Um, yes, it's a challenging time, but in times of crisis, you know, and I say the same thing in the State Control Centre, my expectation is that's when I actually see people at their calmest. Because otherwise, you know, if, if, our, if our leaders are running around like with chooks, like their heads chopped off, um, yeah. then it's not sending much of a message to, to the rest of our community. Um, as far as councils are concerned and their part that they're playing, is there anything in particular you'd like to see them do more of or keep doing in terms of being a support to your work? Yeah, I think that the key doing is very much, and this is the feedback I'm getting, is actually we've got those plans, but a, a plan is pretty useless unless you revisit it and you, you exercise it. I'm not suggesting there's probably the opportunity to exercise now, but you can still get people around a table and you might be a regional area that's not been impacted at this point of time and go, all right, well, let, let's, let's take the plan out. Let's go through it. Um, what are we learning from other local government areas where they have been impacted by regional outbreaks or, or metro outbreaks? So I, I think the, the thing is just that, that, that constant awareness and testing ourselves about our preparedness. What we're definitely seeing through this particular emergency, you know, we, you know we're not losing infrastructure as we would in a fire or a flood, but what we're losing is our workforce. And, you know, whether that's in relation to, to people that, you know, unfortunately become COVID positive or where people don't necessarily want to work in a setting where there are um, positive COVID cases. And, and I'm not making a judgment on that whatsoever. You know, I can quite well understand the decisions that some people are making. So it's about, I guess, going back to that piece about the elected officials, what, what more can we do to support um, calm down our, our workforce, our volunteer organisations that we work with, that we rely so heavily on in terms of our emergency management arrangements. So just providing comfort and confidence, um, I think, is a, is a key piece that I'd like local government to keep doing. Um, you've mentioned fires and floods a few times. Some councils, of course, have been through pretty much sort of three emergencies on the, on the hard on the heels of each other. What do you say to those communities that must be starting to feel really um, uh, like it's just the constant state of, of life these days to be in emergency mode? Yeah, look, I, I, I feel for them. I, I really do. You know, even after the fires two years ago, let's say with the Bunyip fire, and, you know, our, our thinking was about um, for those communities with the lead into what we thought could have been, a, as it turned out to be, you know, a fairly, um, well, it was a, a, a bad fire season for us. And then, as you said, on top of that now, um, with, with COVID, like everyone was ready to rush back to regional Victoria and spend money and have holidays and do all those sorts of things. And just the, yeah, the economic and the psychological impact on, the, on those communities is, is intense. I do also have a role around bushfire recovery and um, I'm trying to participate as best as I can in community recovery committees, albeit they're being done um, similar to this, this format at the moment. At the moment, all I can do is, you know, is just try and be there and try and listen. But again, as as you've said, Chris, it's about what's next. And we know, um, we know at the moment we've, you know, we stood up in the state control centre now at a low tier for, for for floods. 
So mm. you know, we did the landslide on the Great Great Alpine Road. I think that was, that was two days ago. So on the back of the fires itself. So um, we, we know that there's every chance we'll have floods. We, we're going to have a summer. It's going to be hot and we'll have fires. So, you know, we're very focused also on, on our preparedness um, in relation to th those emergencies as well, as no doubt council, local government needs to be. So I wish there was, you know, a magic wand and I could make it all go away or make it better, but we just got to keep working our way through this. And it can, again, it comes back to, I guess that, that, that people piece is about, you know, just staying calm, you know, what are our priorities? And I keep saying in here, you know, it's, it's almost, you know, one hour at a time, one day at a time, one priority at a time. Because mm. uh, if, if, if we don't do this, if we don't stand up, then who, who, who is going to do it? And it's, a, it's the same in local government. And I'm sure that's exactly how, whether they're paid employees of local government or the elected officials are feeling, you know, that, that sense of responsibility to the local community. And that resilience that we talk a lot about, uh, such an important um, skill to have. W one last question before I let you go, Andrew. You talk about the elected reps, you know, being really mindful of getting the right balance and taking time for themselves. What does the Emergency Management Commissioner do to make time to, to keep everything in the right balance? Yeah, yeah, good question. I have some really good people that I work with in here, so they, they make sure I'm, I, I eat every day. Uh, that, that's a start. That's a good, that's a good thing. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> You know, I uh, I try and I try and get out for a walk. I, I did that during the fires out of the state control centre. Just walking around the block, you know, once or twice uh, a day just just helps. It doesn't take long. I do enjoy my exercise. Um, uh, obviously, gyms are closed, so I got to the point of um, running up and down the stairs in the building, and sort of hurt my back a little bit a few weeks ago. But I'm right now, so I'm going to be back into running a few stairs. So yeah, you're right. You, you've you've got to do something. You've got to do something. Well, that image of you running the stairs is going to stay with me and it's a good one to leave it on, I think. Andrew, really appreciate your time. I'll let you get back to it, but uh, thank you so much for joining us on VLGA Connect. Uh, thank you so much, Chris. Take care.